The captive renegade woke up a little over an hour later. Murphy still wanted to question him, but was afraid their voices might alert any nearby Apaches of their location. He gagged the Indian, then bound his ankles tightly together with his belt and pulled him into the muddy side draw. The other Indians shouldn't be able to find him until daylight, and by then, Murphy would be back. Murphy hid his canteen and his prisoner's Henry under a greasewood bush and picked up his saddlebags and the Winchester. While waiting, he'd cleaned the two rifles and his revolver as best he could. The guns were ready. The night was black except for the faint starlight. Murphy moved out slowly, stepping carefully and quietly. In the darkness, it'd be easy to step on a rattlesnake or fall into a hole or run into an Apache. Some folks believed Apaches wouldn't fight at night, but Murphy knew better. While it was true that many Indians shared the belief that he who kills at night must walk in the darkness through the place of dead, there were others who did not, and it was a foolish man who'd bet his life on the difference. Murphy angled up the side of the canyon wall. The higher he got, the better were his chances of spotting the band's fire, if his reasoning about the cooking of the beef was correct. He was almost at the top when he glimpsed it. He stopped, took a step back, and there was the tiny light again, maybe three-quarters of a mile away in the bottom of the canyon, and close, he guessed, to the edge of the Malpais. Using even more caution than before, Murphy started toward it. He had plenty of time. It'd be best if he didn't reach the camp until sometime after midnight. By then, the renegades would be lulled into a false sense of security, and he'd have the element of surprise he so desperately needed. As he walked, the horse he needed became secondary in his thoughts. Over and over, the earlier scene inside the Price's home flashed through his mind, and with it came fierce anger directed at the murderers. He realized that if he tried to steal a horse before attacking the camp and anything went wrong, he might lose both the horse and the renegades. That was a chance he didn't want to take. At last, hours later, he sensed he was getting close, though it had been a while since he'd seen the light of their fire. There were sure to be guards posted, at least one by their horses and a couple of others around the camp. It would be extremely difficult to try to sneak up on one of them. The best way, the only way, was to approach the camp from a direction that wasn't expected, and hopefully unguarded. Murphy decided to cross the bottom of the canyon and climb halfway up the other side, then move below the camp and approach it from the Malpais. It would take him a few more hours of nerve-wrecking, tiresome travel, but the Apaches wouldn't be expecting trouble from that direction. A half-moon unexpectedly tipped over the canyon ridge to the east, and Murphy was glad of it. 
His eyes had grown accustomed to the dark, and he could see surprisingly well, but the additional light would make his task easier. Sometime later, Murphy stood watching the remaining glowing embers of the Indian's campfire, which looked like so many eyes staring at him. A horse whinnied off to his left, and Murphy realized he'd been fortunate. The horses could have been tethered between him and the camp, making it almost impossible to get past them without their alerting the Apaches of his presence. A foot at a time, Murphy crept forward, his saddlebags and Winchester in his left hand and the smith in his right. Thirty yards farther he could see several dark shapes on the ground that were the bodies of sleeping men. He almost stopped, knowing he was close enough to do a lot of damage. Then...